So we are in week two of our sermon series from October 9th to November 6th, where we are walking through our capital campaign. So I'm just going to assume, especially for these first three weeks of the campaign, that there are some of you in here who missed last week of worship or maybe are not totally clear on the nuts and the bolts of what we're seeking to do with this campaign and why we're doing it. So I'm going to kind of give you that spiel really quick again. And if you were here last week, this is all just going to be repeat. But I want to make sure that we're all on the same page as far as what we're doing and why we're doing it. So right now, we're kind of running two campaigns at the same time, two capital campaigns. The first is the campaign that we would be running any other year and will be running every year to follow, which is our yearly campaign for our operating budget, right? So that's the normal giving, that's your tithe that we ask you to give to the church as an act of worship. And when you give that money, those funds go towards things like our children's ministry and our youth ministry. They pay our utility bill. They pay the salary for our staff. If we need to replace the air filters in our HVAC, it goes towards that, right? You get it. It's what enables us to function on a yearly basis as the church. It's what sets our operating budget. So that, that's one aspect of this campaign that would be happening every other year, including this one. What makes this campaign a little bit different is what the second campaign is that we're doing at the same time. The second one is a three-year campaign, so we're asking you to make a commitment starting in January of 2023 all the way through 2025 with the goal for us as a church to raise $1.8 million. And all of that money will go towards debt elimination. So in other words, if we're able to raise those funds between 2023 and 2025, then we will be able to completely pay off our mortgage because all of that debt is building and, and renovation debt, right? Left over from our youth building and our elevator tower and other projects that we've done around the church, which would mean, and, and again, every time I say this, it just kind of blows my mind, which would mean if we're able to get out from under that debt, it would, it would allow us to get rid of a $15,000 a month mortgage payment that we're currently making as a church. So if you remember in previous years, we've had one-year campaigns after COVID, and, and one of the main facets of those campaigns has been to raise $180,000 to cover our mortgage note for the following year. So this is an attempt for us to completely get out from under the burden of that note, which again, it's like $180,000 a year. And it's hard for me to imagine how our church could change if our monthly budget were to go up by $15,000 a month. Like, that's just kind of mind-blowing to me. But, but that's the vision. And so that, that's kind of the nuts and bolts, right? The two things that are going on at the same time. So you may have already received it, and if you haven't, you will be, because Brenda, she's awesome. She's our church secretary. She's sending them out as she gets them made. But you'll get a letter from Kevin and I and a pledge card in the mail. And the pledge card will actually be two-sided. One side will be the operating budget, and the other side will be for the capital campaign. And we are asking folks that if you would make your operating budget commitment, you're giving for the operating budget for next year like you would any other year, right? Don't dip into that giving to give to the capital campaign. And then flip that card over and consider what you and your family could give above and beyond that normal gift over the next three years. So last week, we kind of went with the question of, all oh, that sounds great, right? Who doesn't love to pay something off? Who doesn't love the idea of us being free from $15,000 a month? But the question that me and Kevin were hit with, and the question that you may be asking is, that sounds great, Ross, but, but where do we start? 
how do we start this? What, what should our foundation be as we set vision and set our goal for that to be the future of our church? And last week, we talked about how the foundation of this journey, of this campaign, should be a reminder to us of what it means when we say that we are the body of Christ. It's language that we use all the time, but it's language that I feel like we rarely really wrestle with and and discern what that is actually saying to us here and now as a church and as individuals. So we read a little bit from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians where he really gets into the weeds of this language as he's trying to teach this church what it means that they are members of the body of Christ. And so where we landed was that this language, this, this image, this belief that we are members of the body of Christ should ground us as a church on two things as we start this journey together, this capital campaign. And they're this, you belong here and you have a job here. That's where we landed. That really that needs to be our foundation as we start this campaign together, right? The first is that, is that you are a member of the body of Christ. And as a member of the body of Christ and as a member of this church, it means that you belong here. It means that no matter who you are, there is a place for you here. But you don't just belong here. We need you here, right? We need you to be who God has created you to be in this community, right? You, you have a job here, and your job is to be who God has created you to be, to be willing to share your gifts and your passions and your resources and to be an active member of this community of believers, this body of Christ, so that we as the church can be the fully functioning body of Christ. You belong here, and you have a job here. That's where we left off last week. This week, we're going to talk just a little bit more about what that job is that you have as a member of the body of Christ. Our scripture today is from Matthew chapter 28, and it's verses 16 through 20. And I'm betting it's going to sound very familiar to a lot of you. Let's read it together. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but they doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. This encounter between Jesus and the disciples happens post-resurrection. So post-crucifixion, post-three days in the tomb, and post-resurrection for Christ. And this passage that we just read is actually the last five verses of the Gospel of Matthew. Meaning the scripture that we just read is actually the very end, the book end of the Gospel of Matthew. So the last thing that we have in the Gospel of Matthew is what I think is Jesus' best attempt at answering the what now question for these disciples as explicitly and as directly as he can. And we know, right, that, that from the other Gospels that shortly after this encounter that Jesus has with his disciples that Jesus ascends to heaven to be with the Father, 
and that the spirit is left with those on earth to go and fulfill this charge to work through them and with them so that they're able to do what Christ has called them to do. So what's their job, right? Well, it's something that we usually call the great commission. Yeah, we call this the great commission. We just read it. I want you to hear it again, right? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. That's their mission. That's their what now. That's where Jesus is telling them to go to now that Christ is about to ascend, to go and share the good news, to go and preach and to heal, to to cultivate and to build and to nourish this thing that will be called the church, to invite folks to their table that don't know Jesus, to be with those who are sick and those who are grieving, to make a place of growth for people in all stages of life from kindergarten all the way up to end-of-life ministries, to make sure that people don't just hear the gospel, but that people experience it through a hot cup of soup on a cold day or a cold drink of water on a hot day, to make sure people know that they are seen, that they are known, and that they are loved. It's all of these things and and so much more that get wrapped up into that charge that we see Jesus give to the disciples, that commission that the disciples receive directly from Christ. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And to be honest, friends, not much has changed. Not much has changed. That is still our job. That's still the commission. That's still the charge that we received from Christ as individuals, but also as the body of Christ, as, as the church. And if I'm being totally honest with you, I, I feel like we as a church, we as a community of believers, I, I feel like we're, we're doing a pretty good job of that. I feel like we're doing the best that we can to live out that commission in, in a lot of different ways. We've been having these spotlight gatherings. We had one on Wednesday night, and we have another one this Sunday afternoon. And part of the aim of those gatherings is to help folks see what all our church is already doing, how our church is already living out this commission to be the body of Christ. And one of my favorite examples of that, and I feel like one that a lot of folks don't know the details of, is the food pantry that we run out of our church. How many of y'all knew that we ran a food pantry out of our church? Yeah, some folks did. We run a food pantry out of our church every first Wednesday of the month. And I want you to know what kind of footprint this food pantry left on our community on October 5th, the first Wednesday of this month. Because these numbers kind of blew my mind a little bit. We served a total of 277 households, which represented 663 individuals, including children and adults. We partner with Bundles of Hope through that food pantry so that we can also distribute diapers to folks that needs them. So we distributed just in October 6,850 diapers for children, 250 pull-ups for older children, and 1,020 diapers for adults, for elderly folks that are in need because adult diapers are just so expensive. They're so expensive. And the adult diapers is actually kind of a newer thing that we're offering out of the pantry. And to my knowledge, there's one person in our church that kind of stepped up and said, hey, I really think we should be offering this, and I'm willing to go and buy the diapers that we need every month to make sure that folks in need get them, that we can be a place that distribute them. 
And each month, there's about 50 volunteers that make that happen. And I know they'd love for you to be one of them, but it is during the workday, so we get it. But isn't that crazy? Those type of numbers coming from our church, from 50 committed volunteers that show up week in and week out to make sure, to make sure that this church is going to live out the Great Commission through this food pantry. You know what I was thinking about this week? Do you know who comes through our food pantry line to pick up food? People who believe what we believe and people who don't believe what we believe. People who look like the hands that are passing them the food and people who don't look like the hands that are passing them the food. People who live in Bluff Park, people who are our neighbors, and people who don't live in Bluff Park. People who drive from all over Birmingham because they really need it. They need this support and this food and these resources. People who are young and people who are old. People who are able to work and people who aren't. People who have a college education and people who don't. But all of them, right? All of the people that come through our food pantry, no matter what, they know that the reason this ministry exists is because this church, your church, desperately wants them to know that because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for them, that they're loved that they're cared for. Somebody's thinking about them, that that they have a place here. That's the Great Commission, to go and make disciples. If y'all were at that spotlight gathering on Wednesday, then you've already heard this story, but I want to tell it again because it's my story and Stanley stole it for the spotlight gathering, first of all. But I also think that it really illustrates what our family ministries does in this area. I was having coffee with a single mom in our area a few weeks ago who was looking for a church home, and she filled out the online contact submission and requested a meeting with a pastor, and so I called her, and we set up, we set up coffee. And I learned that it's her and her four children, and they range from age, from elementary school all the way up to 18, senior in high school. Her, her kids live in our area, her and her kids do, but before COVID, they lived somewhere else. So they've just moved here, and, and like many people, before COVID, they were plugged into a church near their home where they used to live, but since moving here, they had yet to find a church home, and we're just right up the road, and so she figured I might as well check here. And over coffee, I asked her how she, held, how she heard about this church. Basically asking, why did you take the time to get online and fill out a contact submission, right? Why, why did you reach out? And I love the story that she told. She said that one Wednesday evening last spring, her and her kids were driving through Bluff Park, and they were driving down Valley. And it was right around the time that our children's ministry, our midweek meetup on Wednesday evenings, was dismissing. So there was a carpool line, and there were kids coming out of the church. And her youngest saw the carpool line and saw the kids and grabbed her mom's shoulder and said, Mom, we have to go there. Look at how excited those kids are. Look at how happy all those kids look. Pull in, pull in, we have to go. She said, I mean, her kids basically grabbed the steering wheel and forced her to pull into our parking lot and get into the carpool line while kids were dismissing just so they could get the answer of what this is and how they can be a part of it next time. So she pulled in and asked some questions and got to meet Stanley, and then they got invited back the next week. And so now her kids have a, have a home here, right? They have a place where they're known, a place where they have community, a place where they can sing in our children's choir, 
a place where they can know who Jesus is and, and hear from Mr. Stanley and so many other folks that help with that midweek meetup, who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for them. That's what kind of church we are, friends. I mean, how awesome is that story? Don't, don't you want to be the church that kids drive by and see kids leaving and think to themselves, I want to feel like that? I want to know what those kids are doing in there because I need some of that in my life. For some reason, that just filled me. I could not wait to get back to the church and tell Stanley that. Because isn't that the goal? Isn't that the goal? That's how we're living out the Great Commission. That's how awesome our family ministry already is. Given me as a preacher just layup sermon illustrations, right? I mean, absolute layup. The question that we want you to ask, the question that we're asking you to ask this month is how could that community, how could we as a church, how could our impact, how could our footprint footprint on those around us, how could it grow, how could it transform once we get out from under this debt? What kind of difference could we make? How could our food pantry expand? How could our family ministries grow? How could our care for those who were shut in and unable to make it up to the church but deeply crave community, how could our care for them change? How could it become more? I've really enjoyed reflecting on this capital campaign. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, usually money is, is really not my favorite thing to preach on. It's usually a very uncomfortable thing for me to preach on. But man, I just, I just really believe this, what I'm saying up here. That we at Bluff Park UMC, we are one body and we have one job. And, and we hear that job come directly from the mouth of Jesus. It's what he leaves us with. It's what he left the disciples with. And it's what he charges us with each and every day. Go therefore and make disciples. Share the good news. Tell others of my love. Feed folks. Clothe people. Love people. Give people a community who desperately need it. Just remind people that they aren't alone, that they have a place here, that someone is making room for them. It's a job that we're already doing because of the Holy Spirit at work in us and through us. But it's also a job that's never finished. And it's a job that we could always do better. Something we could always live out more. So my hope is that we would be a people that are willing to dream about the future of our church so that we can be a people that are continuing each and every day to say yes to where God is calling us to go. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey friends, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for tuning into our message this week in The Gathering. We hope you found it meaningful and life-giving. As always, you're invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., either in person here in the chapel or online. If you want to know more about who we are at Bluff Park United Methodist Church, you're invited to check out our website. There you'll find out who we are, what we have going on, and how you can be a part of it. As always, friends, if there's anything that we can do for you, you're invited to reach out to us. We are here to help you and support you in any way that we can. We hope that you're having a great week, and we look forward to seeing you soon.